everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yes, hello and welcome to LOI Central. It's Johnny Ward live from Dublin. Dan McDonald live from Norway, head of Shamrock Rovers v Molda tomorrow in the uh, tomorrow being Thursday in the Conference League. On today's show, we're talking to Brian Maher, uh, Ireland's former, as it, as it is now, uh, under-21 goalkeeper uh, who's been part of Derry City's amazing run of form and clean sheets. We'll also talk to uh, John Mountney uh, on the basis that he's playing against his old club. I think it's going to be a feisty game on Friday. It's Dundalk uh, versus uh, St. Patrick's Athletic. Massive game for the battle for third. I'm actually working in Downpatrick on the day. I'm very tempted to call in on the way home. Haven't been to Oriel in some time. Uh, and we are, as ever, in association with Future Ticketing. The Porterhouse Brewery will be giving away uh, four free beers this week. And thanks uh, for your response last week. We're also in association with Collar and Cuff. Uh, Decky will sort you out uh, with some good clobber if you call in the shop in Glasnevin. And we're in association with Malone Financial Services uh, as well. And uh, yeah, Dan, there was a great reaction. I should start. Great reaction to the Keith Long interview last week, which is always nice. There was, yeah. I've had a lot of comments, even from some Shamrock Rovers affiliated people wow. here in uh, here in Malda, um, who who said they enjoyed the interview and he uh, he came across he came across very well. But yeah, no, I I, I speak to you here from uh, Malda. A boat has just gone past my window and distracted me. Um, the it's joys of Malda. Of yeah, yeah, it's like a metaphor for our thirties. Yeah. Um, but but basically, um, yeah, like uh, it's a it's a quirky little place, Mola. Like Sligo Rovers fans would have been here. Some of the dog players would have been here in officials in 2020. It's tiny, like it's um, I like it, as evidenced by the fact that uh, Jack Byrne and Dan Cleary were out <laughs> for a walk earlier on, and they just saw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting off a boat. Um, That's mad. It's crazy, yeah. And we met them after, and they were sort of a. Uh, Buzzing off the randomness of it, probably because both of them will. Jack Berman lived in Manchester, Dan Cleary, Liverpool, but I guess they both know Manchester well and probably know how, you know, superstars, you know, slip in, you know, slip away, they hide in there, not hide, but they have rare as they go. Whereas in Molda, I was talking to the, the Molda press officer about it afterwards, and they were like, yeah, Solskjaer doesn't actually live in Molda. But um, right. he, he lives on a neighbouring neighboring area. And I think one of his kids plays football in Alisson, which is just sort of a little ferry away from here is the quickest way. So he'd be seen here regularly. It doesn't have any, no one would say anything to him. And I think even when he was Molder manager at first, after coming from England, he even though he played here as a kid and stuff, um, just couldn't get his head around the, the local aspect of it. I mean... Just to stress, like Mulder, 15 points clear at the top of the table at the moment in yeah. the elite Syrian. Um, you know, it's a population of 25,000 people, um, 20, 25,000 people. It's sort of Sligo size, if even. Um, How is this achieved? Uh, like, it's quiet. You know, yeah, money, money. Yeah. Yeah. Money. So they have a very rich, uh, the Acker Stadium, and the owner is affiliated with Acker and, and plowed a lot of money into the club. Um, and actually, well, the stadium is stunning. And it's like perched on the sort of you people have seen, might have seen a couple of photos that tweeted out or Instagram maybe, um, you know, sort of overlooking the sea. It's it's an incredible facility. Actually, speaking to people here and even Rovers, it was built like in one go, effectively, what, 20, 25 years ago, this stadium. Right. And I think actually the facilities downstairs are, are probably not that good now. It, it looks visually good and the stadium is nice. It's an astral 10,000 two tiered, but. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I'm not giving away any secrets, but I think some of the uh, away side have noted that when Tala is completed, the overall facilities will actually be better and um, probably, you know, underneath. It so, does look like um, one of them grounds that'll be uh, underwater with climate change in about 10 or 20 well, years. Well, uh, I, I knew, I knew, I knew we would go there. You haven't that. exactly um, been helping our cause. I've been doing a bit for the carbon footprint. Uh, mm. I've been working. I went to a beer festival, also working. Yes, how was um, that actually? How was Oktoberfest? You went with a couple I mean, of characters? I, Johnny, Johnny, you just can't even complete. You're like you're forgetting that this is this isn't us has having a catch up. How was Oktoberfest? We're doing, a, then? we're doing a podcast for like you know listeners who don't care about my weekend in Munich, uh, some of which I actually remember. So um, it, it it went it went well. But we'll did you did program. you or did you not say that the whole lot of you were in bed at seven o'clock on day one, p.m. Um, I did not say that, um, but I, I, but maybe David I did say it. it. Maybe implied. It's possible. It's possible. I did say that. But anyway, you're. Has only got a been linked with the Bose job? Is probably another person. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, I mean, your train of thought is all over the place, like like this, like like the turbulence we had yesterday. Um, you're unlikely to black out in Molda uh, after a day uh, at seven p.m. because it's incredibly quiet. But it's this sort of strange vibe where. Like you walk out of the hotel, there's like three hotels in the place, and every time you walk out, like you meet like Shamrock Rovers players just out for a walk. You know, it's you can't so avoid small. them. It's like Father Ted and Dougal the time they went on that holiday and they just kept meeting each other couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you feel like at one point Stephen Bradley said to us earlier, like, you know, I'll see you in an hour, like, you know, because it's just you just need staff members and, and it's 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 extremely quiet. But from this place, you know, you've had Solskjaer, you've had Erling Haaland spend a couple of years here, three years here as well. I've been speaking to sort of one or two people about him very naturally that, like, you know, this you know, Solskjaer was Manchester United manager, you know, and like a Champions League final goal scorer, you know, lived in this quiet place, doesn't get bothered. Haaland was here for three years. Like, as we were talking about, the older players were just coming out of their press conference or out of their training session and no fuss or fanfare yet. They're an incredibly good club mm. operating at an incredibly high level. Um, Stephen Bradley thinks they're the best team in the group. Uh, chatting to some of the people locally here, uh, winning their league, retain, not retaining the league, claiming their league back, they would say, has been their focus and they're on their way to doing that. They haven't necessarily played their strongest team in the European games and they have one or two injuries at the moment. Fafana, their striker, is suspended because he got sent off against Gardens. Um, in the last in their last game, they have one point from two, the same as Rovers, um, and their coach, who was their manager when they played in Dundalk in 2020, um, thinks they need to win their last two games. Thinks like thinks they need to win both of their games against Rovers to have any chance. Yeah. Um, of of going through, but um, artificial pitch, um, it's going to be a crowd of like four or five thousand people here, but that's normal for them, even for league games. Listening to the 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 local local media, like the Oslo media, don't necessarily travel here. A bit like in in Cork or somewhere, they'd say the Dublin media ignore us down here. You know, up here in Molde. So there's a bit of that vibe off the place. It's like a high level of football, but it's really it's it's like media wise, say, or the operations wise, it'd be like going to a as one of the smaller clubs in in our country. Like there'd be more local media following Derry or Dundalk or you know, Cork, you know, so it's uh, strange. But um, look, yeah, you mentioned Bose. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you have any last thoughts on Rovers? No, I suppose we'll more so reflect on it next week. But yeah. I'm conscious. Uh, We're recording this, this on out, Wednesday night. It'll be yeah, coming out sort of Thursday overnight. Uh, not, it's an early kickoff, but I mean, it is, uh, 
it's a, I'm not sure if it's a bucket list place to visit, um, but it's always an eye opener into a world like, you know, how I love how seeing how little parts of the football world operate, you know, and this is, is, is clearly, again, something with its own personality, its own character. I did um, have a lot of sympathy it'll be, for it'll be tough for Rovers. It's going to yeah. be tough for them. I feel it's going to be tough for them. Um, but they have to, they have to do but, something that they haven't done in terms of their away performances and actually, like, stay in the game, at least for more than 25 minutes. Yeah, and we did have that thing with Erling Moe, their manager, where we asked him about Shamrock Rovers, and he was very clear to say, other than referring to them as Shamrock, um, he said, listen, I know the Irish style... Uh, we know they're, you know, it's, he said something along the lines of, we know it's easy to have the wrong impression of Irish football, that it's kick and run, um, you know, that, that that it's this, that it's that, um, and, and quite respectful. But then I did actually ask him, um, you know, have you noticed anything to explain why Shamrock Rovers, um, you know, concede a lot of goals away from home, and, and but yet good, get good results at home? And what he said was... he. He felt, well, it's because they tried to play the same way, both home and away. That right. was his view, that they have a similar style. Now, we put that to Stephen Bradley. You know, sometimes you might get a little bit of a war of words or something like that. But he didn't necessarily disagree. And what I did pick up from Bradley was a sense that uh, they don't want to compromise their philosophy, but there might be a slightly different approach from them tomorrow, maybe a bit more defensive in their setup maybe um, or maybe just their approach and interestingly chatting to the Molde uh, some of the Molde media here um, they were saying that actually Molde are at their best against a team that comes out and plays against them but they sometimes struggle against teams the park the say, so so I, you know I, I think tactically the first 20-30 minutes are going to be in, interesting a, a word that travels across uh, across seas um, because I mean, as we know, they've been behind, or you know, at least a goal down, or, or more than a goal down at half time in some games. They can't be doing that, you know. They can't yeah. be doing that again. So that's 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 what's going to be interesting. The Bo's job. Before we move on to the mailbag, um, well, we are speaking at eight o'clock on on Wednesday night. The um, Alan Reynolds thing, Dan. We didn't. I didn't really have chance when I recorded the interview. When we recorded the interview with Brian Maher, the Reynolds thing hadn't really broken, and um, so it wasn't referenced. Even though we do talk about Alan Reynolds, but. This is interesting, interesting because uh, in terms of this is a, as good a job as you're going to get in Irish football for a long time, really, the Bowes job. And it turns, it sounds like um, he wouldn't feel right about leaving Derry at this stage of the season. And it looks sort of up in the air on Wednesday night as to who's going to get it. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm working in this game long enough to know that when Bowes do eventually appoint someone, they have to, that they absolutely have to come out and say like this was the outstanding candidate you know yeah. um you know, this is who we wanted and and i get that right everyone knows the game um but the, the but it's 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 sort of hard to avoid the conclusion that this process would suggest to you that well this is a very very attractive job um Bose maybe haven't got the caliber of candidates coming forward that meant this a straightforward decision for them like it's impossible to do anything but reach that conclusion because i mean they they, they have interviewed several candidates some of them more than once some right. of them who may end up some of them who may end up getting the job and um, and yet with all of that my understanding is that alan reynolds didn't apply for the job right uh, i think he was approached last week that would make sense um and um they've they they then 
you know, the bows were then effectively, you know, there was talks between Reynolds and, and Bowes. Um, not necessarily sure if Derry were approached, but anyway, they, they again, I wouldn't pay that much attention to that stuff myself. I think everyone in, in League Ireland knows how the game works. Everyone does something that way. It's, it's too small a game. Um, but I think I, you know, Alan Reynolds certainly was left with a decision that did he want the job or was able to communicate that he, he didn't want the job, that he wasn't going to pursue it. Um, now, I think then that has probably miffed um, or left a couple of other candidates wondering where they stand because, mm. I mean, they, they've gone through the process, they're left waiting, and um, yet Bowes have gone for someone off the menu, you know? Um, so that would suggest that maybe they're a little bit underwhelmed. Richard Dunn has not took himself out of the race, I gather. I'm not saying he would have got the job, by the way. Um, does that suggest maybe, you know... It, it, I, I think just possibly people out there are feeling that if they've met Bose a couple of times, had talks with them, and Bose haven't come and offered them the job, then clearly they're not sure about them. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's probably uh, where we're left. So as we speak now, you know, at eight o'clock on, on Wednesday night, um, I think Sean O'Shea is still in the mix. We mentioned Exit OK, but I'm not sure. Again, I think where he stands, I think Ian Ryan, um, uh, your your pally and Ryan, who's obviously gets a good few references I'm in this show. I'm probably with a League of Ireland comments. And you are, you are. I actually, am, um, to be fair. Uh, and you, you always including Gary Cronin, who's um, who's yeah. keen to know when the podcast came out because he yeah. got favourable mention from his former goalkeeper. But, uh, oh, there you go. But yeah, you always, uh, you know, you uh, you accuse me of looking like Ian Ryan, so I have to refer to him as the <laughs> so, so, the surprisingly handsome Ian Ryan. Uh, yeah. Deceptively handsome. Can you know? imagine if he gets the um, most job, everyone would be all over you in dating <laughs> onto the bar afterwards. Well, I mean, or not, the notorious boo boys. Um, now, like, I, I, I think Ian Ryan's probably got a chance. I think, but I'm conscious this could, uh, this could go out of date very quickly. Um, okay. Very quickly. Uh, but, but we will return to that next week. I think. Um, Loads of things uh, happens. I wouldn't um, say it's. I wouldn't say it's been. I wouldn't say it's. It's gone smoothly. The process. I would have expected. Uh, Bose to come up with something, you know, a candidate really from that profile, almost probably from the, maybe they still might, but like, almost like you know when Shamrock Rovers produced Michael O'Neill that time or something. Like it's a great job. I suppose the thing is that a lot of. You know the young managers we speak about in the league of Ireland at the moment in very commas they're all in jobs you know a lot of most obvious you know the 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 ex players finishing who are well thought of have jobs you know like the o- O'Donnell or um you know Clancy would have been one last year you'd have said would have mm-hmm. been in the profile so there's no obvious like rising star at home that they're that it that it's sort of it's the next step for them. I mean, Ryan is obviously seems to be very well regarded by people who win the game, so that's why he's in that discussion. But I've just found it a bit unusual. Like um, maybe just they haven't been enthused by the ex internationals who've, who've who've come into their into their radar. But I, I just I, I thought I thought it would be more clear cut in terms of the process, and and clearly it's not. But um, I think we need to move on. I think we need to move on to our mailbag. Yeah. That allows us to cover just just, just to mention as well, um, Kev Doherty probably deserves a bit more credit uh, for the job he's done as well in the sense of the... like the, good the, point. Rather being yeah. totally safe. And I think Andy Myler has actually done a great job at UCD this season. First of all, getting them promoted. But the fact that they're level on points with Harps, losing the players that they have, 
even didn't have Lonergan in because of the under 19s duty. Um, so it will be intriguing. I would have thought, you know, might have been very Roversy, wouldn't he? Might have been very. Uh, he maybe would be, but uh, it's intriguing. Uh, like maybe it happens uh, when this podcast comes out. But Bo's uh, obviously uh, on the march. And um, now it's close. Of... I think. I think it's it's close. Okay. I think there should be there should be news. No. Who knows? We we may be doing one of our WhatsApp inserts. Uh, if, yeah, if happens, but you know. Here's the here's the WhatsApp insert now. Anyway, so okay, let's go to the mailbag because loads of stuff happened. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Um, Dan, I'm going to start actually with Peter Fitzpatrick. This wasn't, he actually sent me this uh, as a text. Peter, who's uh, also known as the guy who gives me lifts home from games sometimes. You're going to have to narrow him down. Just, Peter Fitzpatrick, Shamrock Rovers, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he was like, went to the UEFA youth game last night in Tala. Excellent game, some terrific football. Peter's a Rovers fan. Two cracking goals. Aza and Alkmaar were bigger, physically more developed. You could see the full-time training. Rovers play like the full team, like the first team. But his main point here is chalk and cheese compared to that car crash on Monday. And the car crash he's referring to is the eight-goal thriller uh, in Tolka. Yeah, I, I think I saw Peter actually respond to a couple of messages. I got, I got criticised for, uh, not criticised, but I think I did put out our mailbag reference Um our mailbag sort of teaser on Twitter referring to Pats and Shells as a classic. But I'm sorry, lads, it was a classic. Yeah. Like, you know, the, what's your definition of a classic? I mean, you could have, like, what, what's the best night out you ever had? Is it like a night at the opera, eating the best steak and going to the cleanest nightclub? That or is. is it like, or is it, is it, well, maybe it might be your life now. Um, but, um, but, or, or is it the one that creates the most memories? has the most thrills and the spills and the entertainment and the drama. I mean, I'm sorry. This game at eight this game at eight goals. You just don't right? get eight goals in League of Ireland for Premier League. Eight anymore. goals. I, if if you'd said to me before like you went to Shells Rovers last week, which was like nil all and nothing happened, right? If you if you'd said to, and maybe that was like technically better in terms of the execution of like defensive control and, and operations. And I understand all of that. But I'm sorry. Like it's it's still a bit of the entertainment industry here. And you have like eight goals You've got three penalties, an own goal. You've got Tim Clancy and Adam Quinn going at it, you know, like um, twice. This um, goes back to, am I wrong? This goes back to comeback from four, four. Don't get distracted. We've got like uh, four, two becoming four all comebacks. Um, I'm sorry, but like, it's a classic. I think we all know. Uh, and, and we've got comments from people again about that, you know, uh, negative comments about referring to it as a classic, but. I will stand over that to the absolute hilt because like that was a memorable match. People who were there, people who watched it in 10 years time, maybe five years time, two years time, they'll probably forget 90% of the games they've been at this season, but they'll remember yeah. that one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, and, you know, there was some good moments in there from, from individuals too. Some horrendous defending. There was a reference to Harry Brockbank. Yeah, J- the, Jake uh, O'Donnell, uh, who does some of the post. match reports, uh, he says, why did uh, Clancy leave uh, Brockbank on? Obviously, it wasn't a great night for him. Um, I mean, hmm. and I think he references Paddy Barrett. Now, Paddy Barrett, for whatever reason, doesn't really seem to get a look in since the Warford game in the Cup. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's happening there. And like, I mean, Pats, to be fair, have actually been quite solid, although then they... They've had a sort of a tough week, like losing to Derry and, and uh, dropping points, I still feel, on Monday because it's given the dog a, a, a cushion going into that big game on Friday, which 
I, mean, I don't know what the dog have expected that to be there the way the things were going in the last week or two. Um, mm. So yeah, there's there's questions, but I'm sorry, I, I still think that that counts as a memorable game for me. And uh, I will stand over that. What Anthony Nelson and Mailbag wanted to go over, we had a few references to the Bows job. I think we've covered that, Kotze, who was asking. Um, and we have to... So there's Barry Kay at, at interest of discuss the impact on the future of football in Ireland um, with the current issues in the, in the DDSL and sure the other leagues with referee abuse um, continued ref abuse in the bullying. That's a very good point, mm. um, Barry. I think we see it in GEA in recent times where high-profile pro- incidents as regards referees have been covered. But I think you know, there's been references in the last in the recent years to uh, football matters, and there's there's more of them happening. You know, maybe not to the same high-profile degree, but I think that that um, I think that is a an issue that it's, I don't really have much more to add at this point. But I think basically my answer is yes, uh, Barry. I think I think you're right. Evan does point out that Pats and Shells had half their fen- the defence suspended and injured, so that might explain That's um, some of the issues. From, well, I, I think it, Evan, Evan's just raging against the, the 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 misery of not liking that game, which I, I just I just don't understand. Roy Gilson asked, "Who do you think to, will get third? Um, I just think the dog have that cushion now. Um, I think Friday's game, Dan, pa- is it's it's better pa- aligned for them. Tala. Yeah, still have to go to Tala. And, and the dog, um, the dog are good at home. I think the draw of the game will settle them a bit. They probably weren't great, but this is three games for Pats in the space of a fairly mad week. Derry shells the dog away. Um, Chris Forrester sent off last week. Um, I think Lennon was sent off as well afterwards. So it's it's. Uh, I'm not sure it's ideal timing for them. Um, and it would be a bad, bad week considering if they were to get one point out of nine and Dundalk got six, it, t- it tilts the balance in, in their favour. But I, I do fancy Dundalk. So I think Oriol will be absolutely rocking Friday night. Yeah, no, I think it will. Well, you'd imagine it, it, it should be. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we did. Have, I, I did we were alerted to a tweet about some unfortunate chance from... Uh, Shells fans at the game yeah. on Monday, which we, I don't even want to go into it because that, that like that's actually bringing up things. But uh, we, we're not ignoring it, and I think, um, yeah, I think obviously, chance about you know the deceased fans of other clubs, yeah, alluding to that in some way. I, I think that defies even yeah. even talking about uh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, just yeah. watching the highlights, which. Um, <laughs> Like they were 15 minutes long, but apparently missed quite a bit. But the co-commentator uh, talking about um, the goal from do to do do Pat's first goal, um, which was uh, the right back whose name escapes me at the moment that they have on loan from Rovers. Um, do to do do. Do you remember? Sorry, which the Pat's Barry first Cotter. Cotter's first goal. So Cotter had in it. There was also footage of Luke Byrne trying to rugby tackle him, but plainly so slow that he couldn't even rugby tackle him. Um, as Barry Cotter went on another marauding run, but the Shells co-commentator who who called it a Johnny Depp over. I absolutely love that. <laughs> Never heard it before. Well, then, and it sounds yeah. like when when Shells score now, they do Mara Picado do 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 every time they score. So that that's interesting. So you just need to get a renowned DJ to go to some of your games. And they do, Johnny, you're 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 just get, you get completely distracted by tangents here. I should point out that the the Baron Mulder is called the tangent. I did think of you when I oh, saw it nice. because 
it would be typical of you. You'd probably walk into it and then walk out, get distracted, and go somewhere else. I'm not even sure that Barry, like Barry Cotter, that run in the second half, the Barry Cotter made where Luke Byrne fell, which has turned into a bit of a, a meme, uh, a meme as the kids call it, and um, all sorts of stuff. Like that game was it was controversial refereeing decisions. There was so much to talk about. It's like um, the Undoyle, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Undoyle offside for the goal was called up. It did look very, very, very close to me, if not onside, but it is what it I is. think he was. I think he was onside, but I mean, there was a couple of questionable decisions either side, but I, I thought he was onside that time. Sean, a couple of people again should we look to move cup semis to neutral venues? I've had this a couple of times. I'm just saying, absolutely no. Can you imagine trying to organize a neutral venue for Derry against Treaty or uh, Waterford against Shells? Derry Treaty, it would cut the attendance, uh, Waterford and the event and the occasion. Waterford Shells, would it enhance the occasion? It's it, the away I allocation, Dan. The Shells allocation, it's, contra- it's controversial. And I mean, the concept of a team being a home in the semi final, I mean, the quarterfinals, I think all four home teams won, didn't they? Um, mm. So, like, it's, it's a big advantage. That's the way the competition is structured. But our league doesn't have a fan base, I don't believe, to justify neutral semi finals. To, to commit to it at the start of the year, and it could work great if you got like four Dublin, you know, pale clubs in it. But if you don't, you risk creating a, an awfully bizarre event, and I just I'm 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 not having that, as they say. I would uh, tend to agree with you. I would tend to agree with you. Uh, um, what about our Instagram friends, Johnny? Is there anything we have to um after? Uh, I've gone through uh, gone through most of them there. Um, anything else? Um, are we starting to see from Fergal? Interesting with this actually. Are we starting to see the top four pull away from the rest of the league, and will it last into into next season? Like. Uh, right now, I think it's very likely that the four teams in Europe next season are basically the four teams with the most money in the league, Dan. Um, uh, the one thing I would say about last week uh, and our interview with Keith Long is, um, look, I think they both had a good budget this year, you know, and and uh, and last year. Now, they did lose out to a lot of players in the off-season like, to some of the other clubs. Um, and clearly, they're not going to be able to compete with Rovers and Derry for players. Um, I think Ardendalk sort of blowing bows out of the water at the moment. I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. Pats, um, in certain cases, obviously Pats would have some some players on very big money. Um, I'm not sure, you know, in collective, you know, in individual battles for players over the winter, would how would bow? I mean, like you see the stuff with the bows, commercial stuff and the merchandise. I know they're not in Europe. Um, but I, I still think Bows do have the chance to be very competitive at those teams yeah. budget-wise. Sligo Rovers, hard to know. Again, incredible fundraising from them. Um, but I do think it's. I think I'll be more so looking at the profile of the teams in second, third, and fourth. Um, that like Higgins at Derry, you would think going nowhere in the process of building. O'Donnell at the Dock, similar, very obvious issues that have come to light. I know you'll talk about some of it with John Mentley, uh, but I think the Dock should improve. Um, and similarly, Clancy at Pat's probably finding his groove now, and yeah. probably has a dressing room more molded in his, you know, into his sort of personalities. So, with that in mind, I, I'm not sure about budget-wise being miles ahead, but I can see in terms of their progression, they're further along the road. And in that respect, uh, I think the the, the the basic point could prove. Uh, could speaking prove of uh, speaking of Tim Clancy finding his groove, uh, Connor Ruth following Quinn versus Clancy sounds like some sort of a legal case. Um, what's your favourite LOI touchline bust up? 
um, it, it's <laughs> it's probably got to be that one in Watford uh, where it all blew up, blew up with Cork City, and um, there was all sorts of mayhem. Um, JC's John Cork Caulfield City. on the pitch. Yes, and it wasn't wasn't there? A, wasn't he cleared on the peel or something? There was some convoluted process. I mean, like there would have been. It's more you think of the one liner. I, I wish I'd prepped this now. Um, I didn't know that question was coming up. Like you know, some of the Rico one-liners over the years, or uh, Pat Dolan on the sideline, the Keeley, the Ollie mm. Byrne probably been on the edge of it. Um, more so, not so much touchline spats as sort of in the tunnel at Talca spats. Um, I mean, I think even with Dundalk and Cork, wasn't there Vinnie Parrott involved in a couple of things with John Caulfield? And there was a uh, remember a couple of years ago, Rovers played Dundalk in that cup game. In Tala, I think it was 2017. The oh, one four two, yeah, 4-2 and there was all sorts going on. Mm. I think, like, I think Sean Gannon even got clipped around the year by someone in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, John Sheridan. Good, to see. Good John Sheridan. Yeah. yeah, could be, could be another fella back in the League of Ireland. Who knows? He's left Oldham for the seventeenth uh, time. Uh, just he could be the man of, for Bowes. He could be the man for Bowes. These are sort of related. What's your opinion on Stan's refereeing this season? I think it's been pretty poor. That's from Sean O'Kelly and uh, Shanna. Shanahan's Instagram, uh, which is a play on his name, the boy Shanahan. Treaty robbed by Mark Moynihan versus poor Galway side, whose best player was signed from Treaty. Um, there's no doubt the penalty the Galway United got to level in the game was a, was a bad decision. Uh, I think that's been clarified. Um, it was another flat performance from Galway United, who I think have won one of their last six or seven. Um, so we'll see how that goes. The, the standard of referee and I don't really have a strong view on it other than to say I think it's extremely difficult and um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what are we going to do to make better? I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I went into this topic in depth last year. I sort of, you know, I was met with comments about various things. You know, the referees' courses are hard to get onto. They lost a number of elite referees a couple of years back. You know, the, they've had issues, I think, with their seminars and various events here and the production line and, and we mentioned mm. referee abuse earlier on i suppose at a younger level if more people have been put off then it's harder just to get the volume of people to, to raise your to raise your standards but it's a, it's a very hard one um to to summarize in in, in one clear go but um it's a pre- i feel like there's been less i still feel like there's been less refereeing controversy this year but i think that's maybe because they're sending off less managers Unless they get involved in big bust ups, I think Actually, that's, 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 probably that's has, a good point, Dan. Yeah, that's it and, probably and, has been addressed. I think that probably has been addressed on to, on, only for special, um, special occasions. I think there's also a sense of um, you see this definitely in England where the refs are letting more stuff go. In general, I welcome that, and uh, I it's rare I go to a League of Ireland game and say the referee had an absolute stinker there. And I think they've a very very tough job. I mean, there's so many borderline decisions. Then they get analysed um, from replays online that they didn't have access to. And uh, I think it's overblown myself, but uh, each to their own. Yeah, I listen. I suppose we still don't. We have Rob Hennessy and a couple of lads overseas, but you do have fellas from smaller leagues, you know, operate or small leagues officiating in higher class of games. So we maybe at the top, I'm not sure if the level is what it was at. There's no Alan Kelly there at the moment, I don't think. Um, but I think there are reasons for that and they probably need a bit of a generational turnover. But um, yeah, speaking of generational, goofy. speaking speaking of, no, speaking of generational turnover, uh, Brian Maher plays for Ireland on 21s. Um, he's been through a sort of a, a difficult period um with their with their exit from the under 21 euros last week and we did get the chance to chat to brian the Derry city goalkeeper yesterday uh, brian how are you keeping 
Yeah, all good. All good yourself. Brian, you're, uh, you've had a few days off. You're about to get, uh, you're about to drive back to Derry from Dublin and it's 10 past seven on Tuesday night. So we won't hold you too late. This has been, must be one of the busiest times of your career the last week, the last couple of weeks, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Just games, you know, left, right and centre. So yeah, I got a few days off now the last, uh, the last couple of days and back up to Derry now to get ready for the game Friday. How would you how would you assess it? You had the heartbreak of the twenty ones, then you had the big uh, sandwich, I guess, by the Rovers and Pat wins. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just typical football, isn't it? Like, just kind of ups and downs. But uh, yeah, the twenty ones one is is a tough one to take, and probably will be for a while. You know, very uh, a very down group after the game. We we give them so much to it, but um, yeah, as you said, the Pats Pats will probably help to get over it a little bit, but um. It's probably only when you sit down at the end of the season you can really think back to it. The, the 21s, just if you talk about it, obviously, you, you went to Israel, won all. And I suppose the, the, thought, the thought maybe I had afterwards is that you deserved to win the game at home, and that made it a bit harder. But then you had the madness of the penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah, we were disappointed not to go take a you know a lead from Tala. And yeah, the, the probably... Obviously, they brought a few boys down from their from their first team as well, which which gave them a bit of impetus in the game. And I think there was something like twenty three thousand at the at the away game for us, with probably you know ninety nine percent our our home fans. So probably just gave them a drive, and we got penned in a little bit at the start of the game anyway. And you know we we dug in and took it to a penalty shootout, and then you know it's a bit of a lottery then, and unfortunately we didn't go our way. Yeah, I mean, Brian, the strange thing about it is, I mean, and, and there's something poignant about it that for so many of you guys, it's it's your last game at underage level because you're you're not eligible anymore. I mean, is that even harder to process that after? I mean, I'm sure it's actually just a hard thing to just speak about casually that, like, you're on a journey, like, all together and then it just ends. It's, it's obviously very sudden in some ways. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons that everyone was, was most sad at the end of it as well is that, there's been such a bond built in that group of even between players and staff you know we've we've been together nearly two years probably 18 months and if you think back through the group like we lost one or two games early on in the group so nearly every window that we came into probably from November onwards we we sort of knew as a group like that if we lose this game it could be our last as a group then March if we lose this game it could be our last as a group and it was such a tight-knit group that we wanted to achieve and you know make history and that, but at the same time, like I've never seen a group look forward to coming into a, an international break as much. So, in that way, it was it was sad that way as well. And then yeah, I mean just afterwards, then you, you just all have to go back to your clubs. That's sort of it, isn't it? I know there was different trips for different people and stuff like that. It's 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 sort of I don't know like. Sort of mentally, we were sort of we delighted you had another game that quickly just to refocus, if you know what I mean. Because otherwise, you could sort of you could wallow on something like that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As I said, like it's nearly like the minute full time whistle went after penalties, like it's lads, some lads packing to go, like different flights, boys going to Italy, boys going to England, boys going to Ireland. So it all happens very sudden, like, and it wasn't something you can kind of prepare for. But uh, yeah, as you said, especially having such a big game as well, like with Derry and, you know, at Pat's tough place to go, you know, it's just kind of you need to just clear your mind and, and try and be ready for it. And, and you know, as you, as I said earlier, it was a bit of a, a pick-me-up that we got that win. 
I suppose. Did you think just going back to the start of the season? I, I've, I'd like to say fond recollections. It's far from fond as a Galway United fan last year. You were outstanding nearly in every game against Galway United, and, and it seemed to be a number of games. Carlisle Grounds, so you saved everything. What were your thought? What was your thought process like? You had Brian McCavan, obviously at Bray as well. Um, and were you thinking you're going to get a move to Premier Division? Did the Jerry thing come as a surprise, or what were you thinking? Yeah, so look, I was at Pat's and obviously, like, wanted to leave there to try and basically for the better of my career at that stage. And and Bray was a really good option for me. You know, Gary Cronin was top class with me, like a really good manager and a brilliant man manager. And I liked the way he played football as well. It kind of suits my game. So when I went there on loan at the start and then permanently, it, it kind of suited me. And yeah, I think Gary knew as well, like that. My kind of aim was to come play for Bray and, you know, do my best for Bray, try and get them promoted. And then if not, try and get a move to the Premier Division club. And then, yeah, as you said, Rory came in quite like, you know, he was one of the first in and speaking to me and my agent about it and it's just straight away something that I really like the sound of. He sounds like, it sounded like to uh, Alan Higgins that he, he's, he really, really wanted to, he actually really wants to sign you. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that's, there's nothing better for a player as well, like that a manager shows how much they kind of want you to play for them and, you know, makes you feel important as well. And I was just really kind of excited after speaking to him and as was my agent as well, because he would have spoke to him first. And it was just such a big opportunity for me. And you could see even the other players that were coming, the other players that were there and, you know, the size of the club, it was everything just made sense to go to, go to Derry. Can I ask you how how do you work on your um, on the ground stuff as well? Because that that I mean that's something I think that probably marks you out as somebody who's, who is the modern golden club. Just like just like everything else, you know, in training, you just it's just another element to my game that you know, yeah, it's a it's a big part of my game, and I think it's become quite of I think it's starting to be spoken about more, and it's just something that has probably been part of my game since I was younger and. Probably starting off as an outfield player probably helped that. Someone only said that to me today from Derry that they'd heard that. And uh, yeah, it's just something you work on. And it's just like coming and doing crosses or doing shots and training. You just you just do distribution as well. And it's something that I feel I'm good at, but I want to go to another level with as well. Actually, you say you start off as an outfield player. Where, where, when did you go in goal, actually? Uh, I would have been young enough, um, probably nine or ten but the first few years I just played outfield you know with the local team and just happened and just stayed in goal I mean this in the nicest possible way what height are you? Uh, six foot one six foot one it's, it's funny because it's it's um like you're you're kind of reminding me of Shea Gibbon you're not massively tall but like you kind of command your box would that be fair to say? Yeah I, I'll t- take that you know Um, I think it's something that's spoken about a little bit but it's not something that phases me at all. Mm. Um, I think it's sort of a cheap one sometimes that people just use to try and put a mark against your name. But to be fair, I don't think... To be fair, all I really care about is what, you know, Rory thinks and, and what Jim Crawford thought. So, and they, um, it wasn't an issue for them. Yeah, it was Crawford-like, actually, to be with. He obviously comes across so well in interviews. He's brilliant. He's really good. Like again, another really good man manager and really good with the players. And as you said, like as I was talking about the bond with the players, like that doesn't come without the same coming with the staff. And they were all brilliant with us. And 
you know, you can see how far we got, and a lot of that is down to him and his staff as well. There's no doubt about that. And, and talking about bonds as well, it, it sounded like um, the lads who came into Derry at start season, the likes of yourself and Brandon Cabinet, I'm not sure who else who you might be living with up there, but it sounds like you kind of touched the base. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's um it's a great place to live, and we're all we're all starting to settle in now more and more together as well. And the lads from Derry have been unreal with us, which us even just small stuff like showing us where to go and where like where is nice where you know just even small stuff like coffees and that just to break up the day and you know as you kind of as you live there more and more you find more to do and and uh, especially with the lads in the house now we've all settled in more. Like I mean Brian it's a common thing people talk about but I suppose you play football in Dublin or Bray and you can probably walk down the street no hassle and the then you go to like a sort of a, a one club town or a one club city and it's a it's a different animal i guess isn't it i mean that seems to be the discussion that you probably can't avoid Derry city chat i don't know on the radio or local papers or something it, it seems to be everywhere yeah it's class to be honest like it's i love it it's it's something that you know rory said to me in the meeting that i had with him and he was like you know you walk around Dublin, you see Liverpool and Man United jerseys. He was like, if you walk around Derry, you'll see Derry jerseys. And I remember thinking, is he exaggerating a bit? Like, and then I moved up and it's just Derry jerseys everywhere. Like, and the whole city is bought into it again. And, you know, every game is sold out and you just see people looking for tickets everywhere you go. And yeah, as I said, you go in for, you go in to get bread and milk and you see a Derry fan, like, yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking, like, the start of the season, there was probably that Shamrock Rovers game. If you didn't believe it, then you sort of knew it that night, I suppose. Like, that was a, a hell of a start. It sort of kicked off the season, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And even just the atmosphere in the ground, and I think it was on the telly that night as well, was people sort of took notice and said, you know, Derry have, you know, are, are starting to build something here. And, you know, that was a big night for us, just maybe because it was so early and, probably makes everyone, all the new players, believe as well of, of what you're buying into. Just go back to what you said there about the, uh, like, people bring up your height and it's sort of like a cheap thing that, that that comes up. Have you encountered that in football? I mean, is that commentary outside football or is it something you've actually encountered from people inside football? I don't know, other managers or coaches or, or people along the way, has it been said to you in that environment? Uh, yeah, maybe a small bit, but, like, as you said, it could just be something said that maybe, I don't know, people are trying to use to get into my head. But it's not all that common as much as maybe it's made out. But I think, like, with the way I play as well, like, I don't think my height really matters that way. And, you know, I think the days are gone of when I, I remember growing up, people used to always say you had to be this height to go away or this height to play at a senior level. And I think, as kind of Johnny was saying now, there's... There's more of like modern day goalkeepers around. I suppose in your first chat, with, like I know Rory Higgins was very keen to sign you. I mean, like I don't know, like what, that sell that he gave you was it beyond Derry? Was it also maybe about your own ambitions and where your career could go from from Derry too? If you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, to a point, but like to go anywhere myself, I want to do and I have to do well at Derry, and you know that's all that I've ever been focused on since the day I signed the, the contract was I want to be successful here first and I want to, you know, do things in, in this league before I go anywhere. If I if I do end up going somewhere and 
now that I'm at Derry and so like loving it so much, there'd be no better feeling to be honest than than bringing a trophy back to the club because you can see how much the fans want it and they deserve it. Like the support we've had this year has been unbelievable. Like I've not seen anything like it before. Sometimes, Brian, you have to think as well, like if you look at Shamrock Rovers are in Europe and the standard of football in the league, the way Derry, even Derry are playing at the moment, like I've seen, saw you against Pat, saw you against uh, Rovers since Conley has come in. It, it seems like, you, like you're on a journey with Derry and you don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's something that's been spoken about. Like there's a lot of us have signed deals like beyond this season and we know that it's, it is a journey and it's a process and, it's something that excites the whole dressing room and you can see as the season goes on, I think we've gotten better and better and we've gone to new levels. Like we had a bad month in May that's probably, that stalled things for a little while. And as you said, like even again in, in the summer, I think the manager's brought in really good players, but like further than that, he's brought in good people again and it's just added to the dressing room that way. And I think it's the best dressing room I've been in. Really? By a, yeah, by a distance, I'd say. Um, not to say you know like that the Bray dressing room or whatever wasn't, but it's all it's down just... Dan Reynolds, is it? <laughs> he said that, did he? <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, just like as you said, you know the the kind of players from Derry themselves, they probably introduce you to how important the club is to the city, and then of course the manager does as well. He absolutely like he loves the club, like, and you can see how much he wants to to bring it back and uh, even just stories you hear from last season when he took over, just the mentality change was was just exciting for everybody to hear. Cup semi-final next weekend. You, you've treated at home, have already knocked out um, UCD, so far from preempting that, but what would the prospect of playing in the Viva Stadium mean to you? And you know how big the FEI Cup final has become as a as a spectacle in Ireland? Yeah, oh, it, it'd be the dream, wouldn't it? Like, I think if you're playing in the League of Ireland, I think everybody wants to experience that at least once and you know to get that at 21 22 would be would be unreal and of course we're not looking past that and we're we're not even looking past friday but um yeah it's something that would excite you but as you said they've already taken out premier division opposition so it's not a type of game you take lightly because if you do you'll be turned over there's no there's no two ways about it just finally um like I guess you're hoping to go into the game in Tala still in the title race. I guess I guess that's the ambition at this stage. Yeah, to be fair, like you just have to our kind of what we're speaking now is just just keep winning our games and you know we don't wanna we don't wanna see someone slip up and then not be there. So we just need to keep taking care of our business and see where it takes us. And you know, we've been written out of the title race enough times this year that we're just kinda we're keeping to ourselves and just, you know, win game by game, start with Friday, see what happens elsewhere. And as you said, if we're going to Tallow with a chance, then that'd be brilliant. But I think all in all, we, we've given ourselves a little bit of a chance again where maybe, what, five, six weeks ago, people thought we were gone. Right, I cannot ask you this. So you're playing like a five-a-side team. Uh, in, in Derry, you have Diallo, McElhinney, Dumigan, Patching, um you have like uh, McGonagall, you have uh, Duffy, you have whoever else. Brandon Cavanagh. Brandon Cavanagh. So yeah, who, who's, your, who's your, you have to pick one player. Who's your player? In the five sides? 
or, or, or just like the, the player you want to bring to, to your 11 side team any, any player you have to pick who's the most talented um, oh, I'm on the spot here uh, I'd say off just off watching them and kind of you're kind of taken back sometimes would probably be fat what do you make of that Dan um, I'm not surprised. I mean, Johnny, you completely bottled the answer. Like five, five aside and eleven aside is a is a different. I, I wanted to know the I wanted to know the five aside answer. To be honest, give him the five aside answer. Who's your five aside? But, but, but I think that's I think that was his answer. Like he seems to be the one that uh, it just comes up again and again from his teammates, isn't it? You know the the you know the people who play with him even in England sort of recognise that on his best day, you know, yeah, his talent is just off the charts. Even in the tough times this year, like probably games, maybe people haven't watched, you know, the kind of Finn Harps away. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday after Europe and we weren't at it and he put the team on his back and he took us in the second half and we won 2-1 and you're just kind of standing back and just thinking, what a player, to be honest. But even in training and, you know, since, since sort of the European games, he's been fit and flying and, you can see why everyone speaks so highly of him. And I'd speak to people like maybe that as friends with their pats and they talk about him and, and Mickey and just how hard they're to play against, you know, even three, four years ago. So it's the same now, I think. I think people don't look forward to playing against him. Yeah, I hope um, I hope Diallo and uh, uh, the aforementioned Duffy and Patching took it. Uh, take, it the, the, take it the right way uh, when you have to sing about pats. I think they will. I think they might agree. I think... Uh, <laughs> I could pick worse players like than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Joy to watch. Listen, uh, thanks, Amelia. Yeah, that was uh, obviously Brian Maher and uh, a bit of a height. The height thing I thought was intriguing, Dan, because it's it's funny. I, I definitely think, like, if you if you spoke about Brian Maher t- to people in the league last season, he was doing very well at Bray. And as I mentioned, always seemed to play well whenever I saw him. The thing that would come up is he's not the tallest. Yeah, I, I know sometimes goalkeepers would feel that um, non-goalkeepers analysing goalkeepers can be pretty bad at it, you know, mm. and it's it's like sort of those cliches of people referring to, I don't know, certain <laughs> ethnicities or, or nationalities as maybe technically good or big and strong or, or various sort of like hit the keynotes and goalkeeper analysis like oh, he's just not that big you know yeah but then like you you, you know you, you'd probably have that I think you'd have that in other positions on the pitch too like there would be a feeling that you know can you be a fullback now without being like an, a massive over you know overlapping player like a real yeah. athlete you know like um and various other things you know you know, can you be a striker in the UK without sort of pace and power? Like, you know, I have never seen oh, a goalkeeper in the League of Ireland as good uh, with the ball at his feet as this lad. And I mean that. Yeah. And, and it's funny, like, after we did the piece on him, I was chatting to a couple of people and I was making the point, you know, it's it's quite sad for a lot of those under 21 players, as we touched on in the interview, that when mm. they're done, they're done, that a lot of them will never pull on the green jersey again. Yeah. But yeah. The, po- the point, but the point was made to me that, um, don't be, don't be surprised. Brian Maher has already trained with the Ireland senior team. Don't be surprised if Kenny's around for a while. Um, and obviously the draw at the weekend will have a big say in his future. That in future, if you have a sort of a couple of dropouts and they need that third keeper locally, which has been the Talbot thing at times and been a source of debate, don't be shocked 
if 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 Nair like does end up in an Ireland camp again. So it, it may not be the end for 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 him maybe as we allude to or, or indirectly allude to because it's it's so hard with Kelleher, Bazino, Travers, etc. It's the worst position to be coming through it. Yeah. Um, but it, it may not be the end for his Irish involvement. But um, speaking of what well, is nothing speaking of speaking of a uh, you know winning stuff. Uh, is, it, is that even not? It's not even a segue. Um, just that that's way a terrible segue. I was going to do a segue. Yeah. Um, do a because, segue. because segue. I mean, the answer this crap in. The answer to the question. The answer to the question, obviously, last week, it was crying out for um, references to obviously, you know, the greatest film ever made. Oh, hello, come in, P- Peter Whitnell and I. Whitnell and I. Peter Whitnell was the answer. Dan, what was the question? Different, different spelling. The answer was uh, name the. Uh, the player who won an All Ireland with Down and a League of Ireland title. So down, do. I mean, the, Johnny, the Whitnell and I references are pretty niche. I have I, to I say, just, just, uh, during lockdown, I had a, I broke the broke the rules one evening, went to a mate's gaff, and um, when it was strict two K limit, um, and did like the entire tea room sketch and put it up on Instagram, and it was fairly obvious it wasn't at home, and I was extremely paranoid that somebody would just out me. Um, they were the times we lived in, Dan. I, I have to say that would have been the best cancellation of an individual of all time. You nearly know, put it on Twitter, Ward, but I cancelled that anyway. Ward, 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 <laughs> Ward, journalist and broadcaster's career ends after Whitnell and I uh, impression at Maid's Friend during lockdown. It's like one of these big web headlines where you put loads of words into it because that's all about Google. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that would have been your that would have been your Daily Mail uh, departure. Jamie from, Connors from, got me into the movie. Life. His brother Shane is getting married next weekend. Another big Bose fan. Uh, best of luck, Shane. Uh, who won the, the who won the well, the, the, the the quiz thanks was for that, won. Uh, t- thanks thanks for that diversion into local radio. Um, the quiz the, was the won by not Larry Goodman but Barry Goodman. Dan. Barry Goodman, yeah, Larry Goodman, mm. big performer and lad over the years with yes. Peter Whitnell. Um, but Barry Goodman, uh, hopefully not related. I mean, if he is related, Barry, you can't be judged by your surname or your family, you can't pick them. Um, so, yeah, Barry Goodman, this week's winner. This week's quiz, it's actually family-related because I'm in I'm in Molde here at the moment. Molde have played ties against three League of Ireland clubs, including Shamrock Rovers, in the last decade. Um, can people name the League of Ireland brothers who've, who've played for a League of Ireland club against Molde in a European tie? I think I know this. Ten years. Yeah, well, I mean, great. Um, I hope Thank other people who entered do know this. Um, so the brothers that have played together, together is crucial, um, against Molda. Get your answers in. Meanwhile, someone else who has played against Molda before is John Mountney. I wasn't part of this interview. I was working, but you spoke to him earlier on. John Mountney, how are you keeping? Johnny, all good, yeah. Uh, you were telling, telling me off air, your mother, who um, I had the crack with in Warsaw, she was on the... Uh, visiting party when you played Legia for Dundalk back in the day. She's having her retirement party soon, you were saying, is it? Correct. Yeah, she um 27 years in the pub trade and officially retiring, but she's one of them that will never sort of retire. But we're having a do for her anyway, yeah, this year. So um yeah, it'll be a big night and I suppose a night that's long overdue. We've all our siblings have been trying to get her to retire the last two, three years because she's just one of them that'll that'll keep going you have a pub in rural Ireland basically correct yeah though in um, County Mayo a little village Bohola um, the village inn is the name of the place now a nice lovely little pub traditional pub 
Will you be bringing Stevie O'Donnell down for a few points for the retirement gig? <laughs> I don't think I'll be involved in any of the team on that. I might be working for it myself. And would you would you go into the bar trade when you retire? Yeah, well, it's actually um, my mom signed it over to to me there last last year, so it's actually officially in my name now. Right. Probably, well, yeah. so, well, like, do you do you think about when you're playing football and you've had injuries and you're you're third to your next party? Do you think about staying in football afterwards or, or doing something else? Um, I suppose I've been in football since since a kid. It's something I'll always stay involved in. Yeah, it's I suppose what my passion is for. So I'll I'll stay involved in it as long as I can. Just go back to um the start of the season. Um, what was your thought process? You'd had a horrific injury. Um, you'd obviously missed so much with St. Pat's, and then Stevie uh, got the Dundalk job in somewhat acrimonious circumstances. What were your What was your thought process? Well, I suppose it was it was you know reassuring for me that a manager that you know that backed me and believed me to to come back from the injury. Um, and you know obviously coming back to Dundalk was was a big thing for me after spending. All my career here, you know, and and living here, I was, um, you know, delighted, delighted that he was bringing me back, um, and like that, my focus first was was to try and get back fit, um, and then get as many minutes as I could before the season finished. When you got the injury, how difficult was it? Those long, hard, boring days, just trying to recuperate. Yeah, of course. Um, it's like you said, long is 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 the big part. A lot of rehab and. I was lucky that um I suppose Brian Gartland at Dundalk had done done the injury earlier in the year, so I I touched base with Brian a lot um in terms of the rehab because there's so much involved in it and it's sort of small steps rather than thinking you know nine months you have to sort of break it up into you know two month blocks or three month blocks whatever it be so it was just taken as it comes and obviously coming back then to Dundalk I was you know delighted that Danny Miller was coming back someone I've you know had injuries under and, 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 you know, he's always one of them that'll bring you back. Not only sort of, you know, back from your injury, but mentally over your injury as well, you know, where you're yeah. coming back and you're not worried, you're not overthinking anything. So I was very lucky to have, um have Danny looking after me. Because pace is an important enough part of your game. We'll say like, so if you came back and you weren't quite the same, you weren't at the same level as like, you'll feel it. Yeah, you would. Um, I suppose that's the good side of the, the stat sports now, isn't it? That, you know, everything is monitored from, you know, for example, I had my top speed. I knew it before my knee injury and then obviously coming back before even joining the group was trying to hit top speed again, which which I was able to do. So, you know, that was reassuring, I suppose, that the legs hadn't gone. What's your top speed? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. You're, you're, you're lying there now. You know what your top speed is. Is it like... <laughs> what, what's the you can't give that. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not, not to be boasting about now. It's no Dan Kelly or anything like that. And you, um, no, absolutely not. Just to mention our sponsor is uh, Chris Malone because you've uh, you've been involved with Chris in terms of re- your recuperation as well. Yeah, with the um, the insur- the injuries, indeed. Yeah, it's actually something I'd probably advise you know all players to 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 make sure that they're insured, I suppose, because it's it's such a common thing. You see so many people, um, even I suppose with knees, you know, there's there's. There's been one or two others that have done um done their ACLs this season as well in the league. So I suppose it's always reassuring um, you know, being insured and knowing that you're covered if 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 that does happen to you. Yeah, and thanks again to Chris for his his, his continued sponsorship throughout the year. And uh, you will get free advice as well if you are a League of Ireland player from Chris. Um did did you did you expect Stevie to look for you then when he went to Pats, when he went to Dundalk rather? Um, you know, well obviously I was hoping to 
yeah, it's, well, it's not a yeah. I suppose I was hoping hoping that he would as soon as uh, as soon as the news broke out that he was um, going to take over and Doc. That was you know phone call. I was I was hoping to get and lucky enough I did. Um, so you know there wasn't there wasn't too much of a decision to be made. I was I was delighted to come back and to be playing under him again. Why? Well, obviously the the attachment first of all to to Dundalk, of course, like I said, haven't played my whole career, but playing with him as a player at Dundalk, I knew what he was about, and I didn't hesitate to to sign when he was with Pats to play under him because I knew what he was about. Um, you know, and that did, didn't disappoint. You know, as a manager, he, he's um excellent, and you know, I really enjoyed last year playing under him, and really enjoying again playing under him this year. And did you have? Did you have sympathy for him? The, I suppose the the criticism he got for moving to Dundalk and the fact that obviously you and Robbie Benson went as well. A lot of people seem to be obviously Brian Kerr spoke about. A lot of people seem to be pissed off with this. Yeah, I didn't really listen to, to much of that. You know, it was in the off season like that. Um, I was back home helping out in the, in our local pub, but you know, um, it's it's something he couldn't say no to. You know, like that he played. He played with Dundalk. He knows what the club is about. He's an emotional attachment. Um, you know the facilities here are brilliant. So, I suppose, um, you know, why why wouldn't he? How would you assess the season so far? So far, it's been it's been a good season. Um, you know, if you think about where Dundalk finished last year and where it was compared to where it is now in terms of you know the the owners, the the manager, the the group of players, which which I suppose he was late, you know, to sign lads. Everything was a lot later because of the the time when it was taken over. So, in terms of that, I think it's it's been a brilliant season so far. You know, we're sitting in third and and we've been com- competitive and and um, you know, consistent most of the season. You say most seasons, so you've had your kind of wobble going into the draw the game there, where knocked out of the cup, were, were beaten by uh, Shamrock Rovers, and w- what was this dip in form down to, or was it one of them things? Yeah, definitely one of those things, Johnny. Like, you know, if you think of every team going into a season, um, is always going to have a dip in form. It's hard to be consistent all year round. A uh, new group of players, so you know, we just had our, our little dip there. But in terms of um, you know, training and everything, it, it's nothing's changed. You know, we're still confident. Um, you know, the standards are still high, and we're demanding a lot from each other, and and still looking to finish our season strong. And is this uh this high line has been mentioned a lot? Um, is it something that you work on a lot? Uh, I so one time I thought Stevie seemed a little bit uh pissed off with what he said. It was a narrative that was kind of coming around about this high line. He said we've been playing this all season and people weren't talking about it. What what do you make of it all? Yeah, I, I you know of course I'd agree with what he's saying. I think it's once it's it's thrown out there, it's something that people can um just jump onto. But uh, no, it's not something that we taught. Um. You know, we just like to play with with intensity as a team. You know, pressing and and of course, sometimes you know, um, you know, sometimes you can get caught out on the break and stuff like that. But that could happen in any game. You know, so uh, no, it was just like I said, it was just probably a, a little dip in form. Are you back in the team now? Well, I don't think you're ever fully back in the team. Um, in the sense that it's a competitive squad we've had. Obviously, I played last week, but um. You know that was that was last week, and and each week is different. So it's just trying to to battle and be competitive in training to to try and get back into the team. And do, do you agree with what he was saying that you kind of have started from scratch? I know a lot of players were still there, but been a massive influx of players that came in in the off season and since as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it was late when he when Stephen took over, and you know assembling a squad together. So, um. 
you know that was definitely the case and you know if you think about where we are it's been it's been a really positive a positive season to date what's the game like friday for you because um you can't assume obviously Derry are going to win the cup so fourth place um, wouldn't guarantee europe um necessarily and obviously pats are your biggest rivals for third yeah like that um five games left and i know it's a cliche but you have to take them each as they come and this obviously is a big game for us on Friday. Uh, no different to any other, but you know, with us and Pat's being being close in the league, it'll um, you know either make the gaps smaller between us or or bigger. So it's a it's a big game for both clubs. The place we're rocking as well. Like Oriel, in fairness, it is falling apart to an extent, but it is it is a really atmospheric place. Yeah, it is. There's a great atmosphere. You look at our our home form all year. It's uh, it's been excellent, and you know that's no coincidence. It's it's um. It's a tough place for an away team to come, but to play as a home side, the fans, you know, are always get the atmosphere going early. And um, you know, different Friday, you'd expect a big crowd and, and a good atmosphere and a good standard to the game. And just going back to where we started about that, um, about your mother and all those family members of the players going to watch in Europe. What was that like? And I know you you'd further European experiences, but like, how does that compare to winning leagues and cups and that? Yeah, it's a it's a different side, isn't it? I think any club or player involved in a club when you finish in Europe that's always on your mind let's say be it in pre-season when you're when you're doing those tough runs you're always you know motivated for for testing yourself I suppose against top players and top teams around Europe so it's it's a great experience and it's a stage you you know every player wants to play on um and then like you mentioned obviously we're all lucky as players we you know you have your family and friends always always supporting you so that's that's you know another side to them when they get to travel and see you in big venues or, or you know go to nice countries and watch it it uh, makes it that extra bit special what have you made a rovers in Europe so far yeah it's been good so far they've been you know they're like we all know they're um, a footballing team and you can see it hasn't phased them in in Europe their game hasn't changed they're you know they're still playing the way they do um you know and you'd still fancy them to pick up points in the in their group um, you're obviously itching to get back into Europe next season of course like I mentioned I think every player in the league will tell you if you ask them what you know where they want to be playing it, it'll be in Europe European, European competitions um, so look that's that's massive at the moment we're in a European position and you know, our focus now is to finish as strong as we can um, which would be a massively successful year for us if we if we could be playing European football at next just finally you're you're from obviously County Mayo, which has um, produced quite a number of League of Ireland players and um, has been involved in underage. Like with the story of the league expanding and that, could you see a team from Mayo eventually being represented in the League of Ireland, like Kerry White might be next year? Yeah, it's hard to know, Johnny. Um, you know, it's massively um, GA dominated, obviously Mayo, but uh, it's it's hard to, it's hard to know. I suppose you you have Galway, which is only an hour away, and then Sligo, of course. So you do have two. Um, you know, League of Ireland clubs in the West as well. So, uh, you know, it's, I suppose it's it's hard to know. Finally, we mentioned uh, Malone's uh, helping us out so much. If people do show up in your bar, like, is there a free pint if you mention LOI Central? <laughs> There'll be a pint of Guinness, Johnny. We do a great pint of Guinness. So, if you're ever passing that way, there'll be one waiting for you. Top man, John. Good man, Johnny. Thanks. Looks like he's kind of gotten his place back, Dan. Um, and which, if that is the case with young McCarry, I think he's had a very good season. Always seems to play well when I'm there. Um, I think John Mountney, 
when John Mountie was part of that Dundalk team, he was kind of considered like the, the, the workhorse who did great fence work. I think John Mountie's actually a very underestimated footballer in terms of his ability. But there's something, there's something lovely about the idea of a League of Ireland fan who might end up, instead of going down the coaching route or whatever he does, he just might take over the boozer. Well, I think a lot of ex-League of Ireland players have spent time in a boozer after they finished, John. Mm. You know, that's not, that's not exactly... Have a, you a been to Dermot Keeley's bar? I have not. I have not been there. I feel like I'm one of the few people who hasn't, but I don't think that's a, a new career direction for a League of Ireland player. And maybe owning the bar is, is slightly different, but even mm. I'm pretty sure that even wouldn't be that new too. People will remember. I mean, like it's like the old, the, the British footballer, the English footballers in the 60s and 70s, loads of them became publicans when they finished up playing. Like That was a very, uh, very common route, a very common road they went down. Um, probably like the Irish version of all the Gaelic footballers ending up in banks, you know. Yeah. Like people, people wonder why we have like financial issues in this country. I mean, most of the banks are populated by uh, Gaelic footballers who were there for the sake of their sporting career. This is true. People have never, people never have looked at that angle. People never explored that angle. Yeah, that would be a, that would be the one. I mean, they just got their, they got their cars and they're working for the bank. You know, they're just, they're just putting in their hours. What's you know? your they're prediction in, in Mulder Rovers? Uh, Mulder Rovers. Uh, I still fancy a home win. Like they're they're well, very good at to. home. I think I think Rovers. I have a feeling. I'm mean, listen. I, I have a feeling they'll put in a better performance here. They they apparently played well. I didn't see it, but apparently they played well in Sligo last week. They were a little bit more back to themselves. Apparently uh, Sligo were shite though, Dan. And we didn't mention Joe in those commentary. Uh, who, who, who told you that? Who told you that? The gen the general. A few people said to me Sligo offered. Uh, were they were they were they Sligo of a Sligo persuasion? No, I can't remember being honest with you. That, yeah, that's... I just think I that's it, but listen, but that's like the League of Iron Club in Europe. If they, if they get hammered, the team was world class. If they beat them, they were rubbish. I'm just saying, like Jack Burns, little swivel and pass, and they've got Graham Burke back. Uh, I think they've got more of their more effective European attacking players in a better state at the moment. They've got Lopez back. I'm not sure if we'll see him. Um, Sean Hoare back. I just feel like. They were in a bad place two or three weeks ago. I think he gave them a little bit of a break, and I feel that they're in a better place now. Yeah. Um. To, to show to show what they can do. Uh, the other highlight, I mean, the other big development that there, there could happen uh, on Friday, of course, is Cork. I know Galway play at alone. I mean, they may not be mathematically promoted. I think Cork, but they're basically they're basically they if they beat Wexford, it's it's it, it's done, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, we'll probably reflect on that next week if that proves to be the case. Um. But it's a significant. It's it's going to be terrific to have them back in the Premier Division. It really is, um, and that will be the biggest crowd on Friday night. I know we've got big games, um, the Dog Pats. You know that would be a, a good turnout. Um, uh, but I'm not sure. It's not going to be. Still, probably won't be half the crowd of the. Uh, of the, the Cork against Wexford match. The other games we've got on Friday, Dundalk and Pats, as we've mentioned, sorry. Derry Finn Harps should be a good credit there. And Harps, like their running is difficult. I don't think they used to be at home. Um, but between now and then, I think there's Dundalk at home next week. You know, it's going to be tough for them. Bohemians Drada, um Bed Rubber. Bit of a bit of a nothing game. UCD and Sligo Rovers. Um I mean that's a chance for UCD to to if they're gonna they're gonna have to sort of gain I'm something sure on from the last met them. Yeah, I mean, it used to be a fancy that Sligo, Sligo over season and sort of drifting away. Um, and then Shamrock Rovers and Shells. Which is live on telly. And, and live it, on telly on Sunday. I, yeah. I, I, I am. To be fair to Declan and RTE, 
that they are they, their point about wanting a title race um has proven to be true like they are trying to make something of the title race even though we still don't feel like it has the intensity of that real intense title race but I, I could see shells. Chance. I mean, you know, this is a you spoke about Derry meeting them at a good time in the cup. This is a good time for shells. Shells are in good form, they're scoring goals. The boy Boydie, ever since he came on the podcast, things have just gone through the roof for him. Maybe it's his jacuzzi time with the boy Luke, uh, who obviously can't rugby tackle. He scored again twice, he's gotten nine, I think, in the league this season. Now he's been uh, up for goal of the month. But shells will see this as a free hit, and um, they obviously drew against him nil all the other day. And if they can get a draw here, I just would like the title to still be uh, in the melting pot come Rovers Derry towards the end of the season, which is going to be live in RT as well. Yeah, no, Shells have got a lot better. And they're, uh, I know they conceded four the other night, though. Um, I feel like Rovers on a good day, though, and Tala, they can open them up a bit. Um, and, you know, Shells were very good at Talca against Bowes. I feel like in Tala, you know, if Rovers get their better players, I feel like they can still just expose Shells in, in areas. Um, but uh, you know, Rovers are probably going to put a lot into these Molda game, into this Molda game, and they're always vulnerable. I, like I had this discussion earlier in the season with people who were adamant Rovers would win the league by double figure number of points. I remember saying, not to get into the group stages, yeah, um, because it's it's hard. The, the other games on Friday in the first division, uh, Cove Rambers, Longford, Galway Athlone, as we've mentioned previously, and Waterford against Treaty, an unusual first division game where the clubs involved. Uh, probably in some ways have a FEI Cup semi-final on their mind next week. And we will cover that next week, Johnny. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do a bit in the Cup semi-finals. We'll reflect on Molda. And I think we're pretty much done, unless you have any Johnny's final thoughts. Just final thoughts, um, doing the programme for Friday. I, it's gone on notice me. Atlone have actually gone on a seriously good run. Um, we don't know what happened with the break-in and the computers. I went on their website to find out a bit about them. There's nothing on it. I can't find out about their squad their management, anything really about the club. But just if you look at their results, their women's team is actually into the cup final and they've gone on an amazing run. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got something off goal United. I think Wexford going into the Cork City game, um, I think they'll be probably, you know, there'll be a bit of chat about Ian Ryan, but they're kind of done in the in the race for, pretty much done the race fifth. They have a small chance, kind of need to get something there. Uh, and as you say, Dan, Wexford, Waterford v Treaty, obviously all eyes on the uh, FEI Cup. Uh, when are you coming back from Molde? I saw one of the Rovers fans saying it was like a pony for a pint at the airport, which is frankly scandalous. Pony is... Uh, 25 years. Yeah, I think uh, everything is 25 year denomination. I'm back Friday <laughs> afternoon. Back Friday afternoon, I'm off to Frankfurt on Saturday morning for the Euros draw, my carbon footprint. Oh, my Again, God. I've, I've made a public apology to you about this. But deep down, We're I'm probably just not sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I mean, I have to go. So, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I haven't made I haven't made decision over over the years that have uh, put I've created this mess. I, I no, I agree with you. Job, Johnny. We're absolutely um, fucked. And, enjoy while it lasts. As did you on your recent holiday in Greece, which you voluntarily took on to yourself. So I'm going to go. I'm done. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to all our sponsors, and we'll be back next. Thanks week. to all our sponsors. We'll be back next week. Thanks for Dan for trying to uh, end the show there uh, on that note. But uh, I'll end it on this note by saying pretty much exactly the same thing. Uh, let's hope. Uh, yeah, let's hope we're back next week.